in the third act here and we are in the home stretch literally and figuratively and this is going to be the race uh that ends the film yeah there are four minutes left i hope we're in the third act by now <laughs> oh my god does the horse kill everybody like he killed war notes that would be great that would have been a much better ending like a revenge ending where he shoots the horse shoots everybody and they just say the end <laughs> this time it's personal yeah so there she is hiding amongst the legitimate jockeys. Nobody knows it's her. Yeah, she only hangs around this racetrack every day. And you know, I'm beginning to think that the grease poster is not going to pay off. Just a hunch I have, but we still have three minutes. <laughs> That's true. It still could make a comeback. <laughs> oh, maybe John Travolta will come out and hug and kiss her when she wins. Oh yeah. But John Travolta as the boy in the plastic bubble, because this is actually a stealth sequel to that. That was around this time, I think. Mm -hmm. 76, wasn't it? We did that one. Was it? Yeah, we did. Oh, everybody's done that one. It's public domain, so yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Bubble Boy. I got it mixed up. And here comes the horses. Wow. I don't, I don't care It's in first. I quit <laughs> the job as second. Fuck everybody in this place is third. <laughs> You know, sometimes I think there's nothing more boring than watching a card game in a movie than I realize, no, horse racing is somehow more boring than a card game. What about listening? people listening to the horse racing on the radio? More interesting, because they, like, they tend to be like, they tend to be like waving their arms around. Right. <laughs> and they're yelling, at least they're yelling, kind of like this guy is. Oh yeah, you gotta get into it. And then they tear up their ticket, of course, most important part. Come on, jockey itch. Yeah, pom pom. Okay, so you see at the hospital, she's listening on the radio. Yeah, five hundred bucks on the game, and there's she, her daughter. His daughter's just about to win, and then he passes away. He dies. Yep. Oh, how sad. Yep. Oh, he's fading away like Yoda. Wow. Now she <laughs> will win the race. But when they freeze frame on her face, it's the most melancholy fake ever. Well, they're in heaven now, right? I mean, that's what the filters are trying to tell us. They're all dead and they're in like yeah, horse they're racing all... heaven. They're in jazz heaven. But this is like not a happy ending. It's like a bittersweet ending. She won, so it's supposed to be happy, but it's not happy. Yeah, it's great. Because usually he, Hemingway is known for his happy endings. So this is kind of a surprise. Yeah. Does she know dad is dead? Like, is there like a telepathic? No, but look, when they freeze frame, it'll be on her face in such a melancholy way. Like she, look, it's like she knows. You see that face? Yeah. Wait, she, like wait Michael Jeter played her? Wait. Huh. Yeah, look at this. Mean veterinarian, cruel doctor, Bat Stanley. And Willem Dulo as Rooster. Good, oh, good, oh. good editing, Argyle. Good editing. Well done. Yeah. Dominic ruled this movie. This has been um, one crazy summer, huh? Uh, my <laughs> old man from 1979. Sherilyn, you've been fantastic. All right, everyone, see you next week. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're a host of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the right. same time. Yeah.
L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Five yeah, percent right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five. Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I gotta call back. Let's watch. It's oh jokes to Carl. Movie. Not duh, like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's My duh, like French. So it's jokes de Carl. Follow me now. With Mike All right, Carl, here's my new theme song. W A F L M O Y T. Flip, 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 flip. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! You nag! Oh, my turn offs are guys who say you nag. You nag? Well, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Hey! Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to L W A F L M O I T. That stands for Mike. That stands for Mike Spiegelman. Yeah. L W A F L M O I T. That stands for Mike Spiegelman, aka Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. <laughs> Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L W A F L. You know, you're right. It does stand in the end. In the end, when all analysis is done. Who's behind the curtain? The man behind the curtain? My Spiegelman! Oh, well, thanks. So please, please. Back. No, I couldn't do it without me. <laughs> I couldn't do it without me. Please. Yeah. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited. Uh, we watched a full-length movie on YouTube. These are movies that I've always read about. And uh, now with YouTube, I don't have to read them. I can just directly watch it. So we want you to watch a movie with us. So you'll be going to YouTube on a different machine. And... At, when we say go, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the yeah, same time. Exactly Carl, what right. is the movie this week? Well, I'm not sure. I think it is Tracks. Yeah, right, it's Tracks. 1988, and I think the channel we like is called Jeffrey the Wiki. The Wiki. And, yeah. Now, the reason I'm unsure is because this is the old switcheroo. You will yes. get through this film, and I will be the audience. Normally, Carl watches a movie three times, researches it off of the wiki, off the IMDb, and then goes from there, goes into interviews, go into old articles. Right. I'm I'm now doing the uh, uh, research. However, this is a movie that we've done twice before on the show, oh. and I don't think I need to add anything to it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I have some information. I wrote down some stuff. Um, and As long as you keep tracks... Keep tracks of tracks. So tracks it. So we want you to go find the link, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, and uh, the count of three. We are going to go full force. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited to announce that we have a celebrity comedian yes. countdown. Yes, yes, celebrity comedian to do the countdown for us, and um, selected from around the world. Right. Uh, what part of the world? For chance, do you think this comedian is from? Okay, so today we will focus <clears throat> on a comedian 
on the East Coast uh, Ooh, of the oh. United States. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, median is below um, the Massachusetts, Boston area, which you're very familiar with. Sure, and yeah, above, uh, it's above Philly area. But it's this not is a, Manhattan. This is another week of another New Jersey comedian, is what you're saying. We had a couple weeks. We have a couple episodes in the can where they're not from New Jersey. So well listen, but, I stepped right. out of my front door and I was setting out to scour the country, but I didn't get very far before I bumped into a comedian. I just happened to be in my own home state of New Jersey. So yeah, I well, you can't you can't throw a dead comedian without hitting a cat, you know, this Russian. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you probably put a, a note in Facebook saying, I'm looking for a comedian to do a show, and 100 million wrote to you, and four of them committed. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And one showed. And one showed. Well, let's listen to the person who showed, and we'll be back for the movie. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Blake. Champlin! Blake Champlin! How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Carl? All right, good. Now, as we speak, I'm sitting here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey, but you are in Indiana. Where exactly? I am in the southern part of Indianapolis. You're in Indianapolis itself. You know, I went there for work, and it was sold to me as a metropolis. (laughs) There's the population. You know, it wasn't so hustling and bustling. This is where you grew up in Indiana? No, I actually grew up in a small town about 25 miles south of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. If it wasn't for a global pandemic, you and I would never even know each other. That is correct. So I was doing, okay, I had this open mic called The Boiler Room, and I thought Corona was going to last three months or so. And so I was doing a Zoom to remind everyone, when we're done, come on back to the open mic. How did you discover uh, my Zoom meetings? That's a good question. I'm sure I found it on Facebook. I don't need, you might have been on Displaced Comedians. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I did quite a few different online mics and I found them in, in various ways just from uh, searching on Facebook, so I'm sure I found it searching on Facebook. This is happening all over the places. People are doing uh, open mics in uh, the UK, uh, in you know just any country. I have even had on the Zoom mics that you used to visit uh, people from uh, Asia, and for them the clock was flipped. It was the morning when we you know 9 a.m. when it was 9 p.m. for us. So I guess yeah. it was probably New Jersey comedy open mics or, you know, it had to be a specific uh, Zoom. It had to be a specific Facebook group to New Jersey because that's only where I advertise. Did you okay. like, look around, you know, and bump into other state? How did you go? You don't remember how you found us, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't. Um, I just I know I spent a lot of time trying to find stuff because I, in a way I was desperate. I would, I knew that if I didn't keep myself active with comedy, uh, cause you know, we didn't really understand what was going on with the whole COVID situation. Right. I was afraid, I was afraid that if I didn't stay active, that I was going to lose my drive. So yeah. I just, I just kept searching and searching and, uh, found a bunch of mics and I did, Uh, quite a few mics in other countries as well. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, Corona is a negative thing. COVID is a negative thing, but that's one of the positives that came out of it. it. We're working from home. We're being on Zoom. We're meeting people from other states and other countries. And they're becoming friends. You know, I really think you and I are becoming friends. And thank you, global pandemic. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're right. There's been some good things uh, because I had originally had some other plans before I knew that uh, Corona was going to happen. And so I ended up getting stuck here in Indianapolis. Not that that was a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but uh, um, basically I I made so many good friends here while I was being, while I was stuck here when things started slowly opening back up that 
I decided that I'm going to, I'm probably going to be staying here for a while and I'm happy with that. But mm -hmm. I also, I also realized that during this, all, all this time that Indianapolis actually has a pretty good comedy scene and, uh -huh. and the proximity from Indianapolis to surrounding cities like Cincinnati, Louisville, Chicago, uh, and, and, and smaller cities like Bloomington, where Indiana University is and Fort Wayne, uh, it's it's a great location to be able to to travel within uh, a couple hours yeah. to to go do to go do mics and network at when like there you you can go to New York City which has tons of mics don't get me wrong but I I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of places other places you can go travel to but well, I could be wrong be about surprised. that yeah oh, okay. you'd be surprised because there's comedy scenes everywhere. Um, I get to uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Connecticut, and of course, Manhattan and points in New York uh, sure. all the time, just trying to get in front of strangers. We, right. I was hoping to bump into you when I went to uh, do a show with the Jersey Boys in Akron, Ohio, but you had a gig that night. Right, that is correct. You're blowing up. I see you on Facebook getting all these gigs. We're talking about serious lengths of time. This is kind of fresh, right? You're you're coming out of your, uh, your you are burgeoning right now, would you say? Yeah, I'm definitely noticing something going on. Uh, and it's been great. I um, and it's been it's been great. And it's been weird because I wasn't expecting it to happen like the way it is. But I guess People just keep telling me that you know, if you just keep doing what you're doing, that's yeah. why you're getting these things. And uh, and I, for the first time, I now have uh, actual shows booked every month through October, which I'm very Wonderful. excited about. Yeah, I, you're new, right? How how long have you been doing comedy? It's actually two years this week. Two years this week. Wow, you are yeah. blowing up. If it's only been two years, that's really great. And you were trying to help me get into this Gutty's Comedy Club. It's local to you. I fell in love with it on Facebook. I tried to reach out to that guy, but uh, I'm just too far away, I'm, I think. Yeah, so Gutty's is a great place. That's my home club. Uh, Gutty's is a clean comedy club. And I started going there. Uh, I actually went there the very first day they opened from the shutdown. Mm -hmm. um, which, which was on my birthday last year. That was my birthday treat to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a show. And um, I started going to their open mics. I started going to uh, doing their improv because they also have an in-house an in improv group. Mm -hmm. And they, they all just welcomed me with, with open arms. Every, everybody was very nice. And uh, I could talk to people, which... As you know, a lot of comedians have social anxiety, and so I I always had a hard time talking to people. But with them, I just didn't, and I I didn't feel and and it's nothing against other places. I just didn't feel that comfortable at other places. Now that doesn't mean people weren't nice there, and and they were. Uh, it's just that for some reason something clicked at Gutty's. So I thought, all right, I want to work on this clean muscle because all my jokes were lean and dirty. I was always yeah. writing dirty jokes. And I didn't want to do that all the time. And so it's a, it's a, it's a great place. And, and, um, and the, I've been going there a lot now. They, they took me under their wing. They, they took a chance with me. And after going there for about a month and a half, they let me start hosting shows. Great. And, and I've hosted quite a few shows there now, and I'm getting ready to host there again in a couple of weeks. Um, and they they finally started letting me do opening spots, which is great. Which means I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting more material. I'm very happy about that. And, and they're it's opening just, another venue, right? Uh, they they've been in talks of. Uh, of expanding to other locations now. I. I can't really give you details on that because I don't mm -hmm. really know because um, I know they're they're sort because things are still in talks. They're sort of keeping it on the down low about what's going on. But, yeah, they, they are talking of expanding to other places just because, you know, clean comedy, specific clean comedy venues aren't really much of a thing. And they're trying I believe they're trying to take advantage of that.
Uh, you know, working clean is part, the ability to work clean, it's part of uh, being able to grow as a comedian to other places. You really need to master that. One of the things I used to love on the Zoom is you used to take like a wooden spoon and use it as a microphone. <laughs> funny. It, it was. Uh, it, the funny thing was like I just I just started doing it because it was actually it's actually a plastic ladle, Carl. So <laughs> obviously it was memorable. <laughs> but uh, I started doing it just because I felt more comfortable holding that in my hand like I was actually holding a mic. Exactly. And, and uh, I found out after a few weeks of doing that, that it was actually something that people remembered me better by. <laughs> and I remember doing a mic and the first, and, and uh, the guy running it um, said, oh, you're the guy with the ladle. Ah, now I remember <laughs> you. And that's when I thought, hey, I'm onto something here. So I just kept doing it. And, uh, and, and several people bring that up occasionally. So it's, it's kind of cool that uh, I actually, I was doing something right. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> One of the mics that we did, you did half of the open mic in, in the car. You were driving. By the ah, time I remember. got to you, you had arrived. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and actually, that was after I had just got out, I think, of improv practice at Gutty's. And, uh -huh. uh, uh, and yeah, it was always cool. It was cool that you you weren't bothered that I could be in my car. It's I've one of the great things about Zoom. It brings us these sort of situations. And actually, it makes the Zoom room look pretty cool with you driving. You know, people are everywhere. Yeah, because I've been, I've been on uh, Zoom mics that, well, at least one that uh, one of the rules was you could not be in your car, even if you weren't moving. You had to be in a closed room. And... Uh, <laughs> It, he it was said that it was distracting so and that's fine it is, it is. It, i i know i think it's a neat thing but okay okay yeah that's you know that's their room their rules so i uh i actually found out out the hard way because i was in my car the first time i got in that room and uh i had a i i was given a few choice words and the uh, the runner of the mic was not very happy with me and but he was cool enough to let me come back on on a later show so yeah well their mic their rules my mic no rules i know <laughs> now no recently you go ahead recently you've been incorporating in your act like a drum kit is that for the rim shot after a punchline or what are you doing so, with the drum kit okay i'll, I'll kind of give you a little backstory to it uh I actually, I had all these like one-liners that I wrote and they weren't working by themselves. And then <laughs> one day I just had this idea. I had this, I also play the ukulele and I had this little riff. Uh, I wrote a song around this really simple riff. And uh, one day it just kind of dawned on me. I wonder if I could tell some one-liners on top of that. And uh <laughs> I was always afraid to try anything new at a show and I was so confident in it. I tried it at a show and it hit and it hit really well. And right. so I was really happy, but then over time it started like losing its power and I thought, okay. And I kept going to, going to this mic uh, in Indianapolis where they had a drum set. And I thought, I wonder if I could do that over a drum set. And this was just about a month ago. And so I tried all the one-liners on a drum set and it hit really hard. That's and great. Yeah, and uh, I just, I play a little beat. So I'm telling the setup on, with a beat over the top of it. And then I stop and then tell the punch. And then I do the rim shot and go right into the beat again. That is great. And, and everybody who's seen both that and the ukulele bit said the drum set is is much better than what the ukulele bit was so now, i'm pretty happy with that uh, okay so blake champlin you are blowing up how can people find you out there online um well my uh i'm i'm under blake champlin on facebook uh blake i think i'm uh, at blake.champlin on instagram mm -hmm. And that's really about all. I have a TikTok account, but I haven't used it yet. Uh, I haven't, 
I haven't decided how I'm going to use it yet, but um, I, I still don't have a Twitter or anything. I'm not sure I ever will, but right now that's, that's where you can find me. Find this guy and book this guy, okay? <laughs> the clock is tick-tocking on his tick-tock, but he'll get there. So why don't you kick us off? We're all going to watch this movie at home, and you can give us the countdown. Everyone's going to hit play at the same time. Go. All right, everybody. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. This is a Dino De Larius Now, you know, he went bankrupt when this movie uh, came out. Oh. Yeah, they wow. had, he was cranking out movies and uh, stuff like Jay Leno and Pat Marina comedies, and they just weren't doing anything. So, by the way, they're in Texas, and there's a shootout going to happen in a pet store. So this is high stakes. And that's tracks right there. You see that guy with the brick for a face? Not that guy, so, he's mushy. No, that yeah, Trax is this the guy. other one. Trax is the one with the hat on, right? Right. You can't miss him. He's a Texas cop with a hat on. Okay, Just but look for the Trax hat. is the one. He's got the badge on the forehead, right? Yeah, not the other guy. Okay. Is he wearing but a shirt with a uniform? Do you think that's an actual yuppie pun in there? Because it says guppies and yuppies. Yeah, so the, they probably the have a few young white rich people in cages in the back <laughs> for the texas folk get yourself uh, a yuppie this one's from connecticut look there just happened to be a skateboard lying around not in my town he's he's gonna pull the old uh michael j fox yep exactly what he's gonna pull so are we gonna do a death count in this movie so so far one person got shot in the uh is that rick overton rick overton's in this movie uh-huh you know, so he won't let him. He won't let him not. He won't let him surrender. <laughs> so the, my brother Adam has a podcast called Proudly Resents, and back in 2013, he interviewed this guy, Shadow Stevens. And they uh -huh. talked a lot about tracks, and a lot about his career. And uh, I basically my research is to it. So this is a 15 million dollar <laughs> budget movie. And they spend most of it on the town he's going to visit. He's basically getting kicked off the force right now. Oh, he's a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't know his name. Sorry, girl. Listen, I want to say that my research is stellar and kicks butt. <laughs> yeah, you have great state. So he just quit. And that's not the first yelly cop captain we're going to see. He okay. He didn't get let go. He qu he quit because he was about to let get let go. Oh, maybe he got let go. It's been a while since I moved. But the point is, he's he's now a mercenary renegade. Okay, okay. He's a okay. So he's going to start taking the law into his own hands. Yeah. Well, when town folk need him, it isn't like a bad thing. Okay. Okay. When town he's going to stumble him. into this town, and they spend a good budget on this town. Uh, and he's going to see that that the poor old people are being uh, manhandled and ransacked by these evil guys. Okay. So he comes in and he cleans up the town tracks. Great. And there's Robert Davi. You know Robert Davi from uh, Showgirls? No, I'll know his face probably. Oh, there's no way you can't miss his face. He, it looks like he's pinched his nose and, and left it that way. Look, Michael Caine edited. You're going to have to give me some quiet time before I edit this film. And edit with my bloody hand killing people. Now, this guy, Robert uh, Gary De DeVore, uh, who produced this movie and wrote it, this guy is an unfortunate character. And... Uh, the interview brought it up, but he he thought this was going to be a huge hit. And <laughs> Shadow has a problem with this movie because he really liked the script. Okay, three more people are dead. It says like five people already. Uh, and uh, Gary DeBoer kept rewriting it and just okay. doing strange things like putting like electric chairs in the town square, just all this crazy shit. And um, kind of ruined the movie. Uh, he drove him crazy because he knew it was going to ruin it. So, you know, uh, Shadow was saying that he was drinking 
the, the producer was drinking, but mm -hmm. they found him. He disappeared, and they found him a year, like a year after he died, uh, in his parked car under the overpass. So I have uh, his disappearance was a big mystery to everyone who knew him. Happily married and with several. This is IMDb. Several major scripts under his belts. Rumors ran rampant about the cause of banishment. Despite various theories of carjackings, yeah, it's bull, bull, bull. Uh, he apparently just fell asleep and drove his SUV into a California aqueduct. The time really? of his death, he was driving home, working on a script with Marcia Mason and her family in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And his mysterious disappearance prompted amateur sleuth to retrace his route, tracked by credit card receipts, and contact Chips with his theory of running off the canal. Chip was initially skeptical due to the lack of damage of the overpass rails, but they soon discovered pieces of auto body parts that matched his Ford. So the producer of this movie uh, basically drank himself to death, according to Shadow, but they found him a year later in his car. So, so this is kind of a tragic story. He, like, did a mystery disappearance. Like, I'm tired of this life. Yeah. And he really just yeah, I have a better car off the road and nobody noticed for a year. Wow. Yeah, and he he wrote like Raw Deal. You know, he was running scared. The one with uh, Gregory Pines. Yes. Uh, Gregory Hines, excuse me, uh, and uh, kind of ruined this movie. So a little bit of a disappointment. Okay, so now now we're in Nicaragua. He's a vigilante. He's a, he's Rambo with better hair. In '87, so it's still before this movie comes out. Look at that terrible hair. It's terrible that hair. Uh, that's Shadow's bread and butter, that hair. Well, everyone you know, you know hairline is receding now. He needs some bangs. He loves cookies. Trax wants to do nothing but bake cookies. Oh, so, that's he a will big at the end. for him. Cookies are like a weakness. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. And at the end, he opens his own store called Snacks on Tracks. Snacks by Tracks. Very nice. He wants I've, to be the next. I've never famous. appreciated cookies' names because you—they're called cookies because you cook them. But don't you cook so? You know, you cook everything. So why does you cookies get the? You know. What's, should they be called bakeys? Right. That. Thank you, Michael. That was exactly where I was going. It's not even fair to call them cookies. You don't really cook them. You bake them. Hang on, I'm writing this joke down. Shouldn't they Wait, be called bakeys? Wait, I'm doing it at home for my okay. cookies. Uh, the roof Why is on fire. They get and look what is <laughs> while you write my joke. Here he is making cookies. Oh, he's doing the great. <laughs> he's punching the eggs. Yeah, right. Oh, he looks like he's well, horrible at cooking. Okay, and the best thing about this movie is that it's so violent, and then it's mixed with him baking cookies. Like, he kills dozens of people, but he, his real passion is cookies. Oh, I don't think he killed so many people. We're only up to five. No, he killed a bunch more in Nicaragua. We didn't count. <laughs> He's terrible at it. <laughs> He's good at killing. This is a comedy. Cookies. This is a comedy, I guess. He, yeah, yeah, and you know this. The soundtrack is is pristine, and we have to like blast the final song. But okay. you know, it's that '80s like everything's great when you dream real big. You know what I mean? Like that kind of inspirational power rock. It's probably with a horrible drum machine beat. Well, you need the drum machine because you're not going to pay for a drummer. Not in the '80s. That was too. You know. It was the Renaissance. You know, Shadow talks about the drum machine. Shadow talks about the music in this movie when he when my brother interviewed him. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis was the, his company was going bankrupt, so the film right. kind of never really got released. It got edited twice. He Shadow is an accomplished editor, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why in a second. But the, he, in the interview, he was saying that he would edit the movie for free, and they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to pay for an extra copy to hand, hand to him. So ultimately, this movie wound up on HBO. HBO Wait, hired their own. He yeah. offered to do the editing of this film? Yeah. So Shadow Stevens, you know, he came from the world of advertising and radio. Okay. And one of the things he was best known for prior to this movie was there was a 
consumer uh like uh, electronics store remember we had like consumer electronics in montclair like crazy eddie okay oh yes consumers the company all right go ahead you know so it's a giant like uh crazy eddies so they sell like different stuff it's called federated and he did a, a string of ad campaigns where he played fred rated and he's kind of uh -huh. like a fast talking like 80s guy and uh they did a bunch of commercials and he would crank out like five or six of these commercials uh, a week. And the yeah. idea was they didn't want to air the same one twice. He said that like he, you know, he destroyed a TV set. He doesn't want to be destroying the same TV set over and over again. So it was, he's like kind of Max Headroom, know what I mean, Vern, more like smart ass cookie. Okay. Uh, so he'd be in a boardroom and he'll be giving out his ideas. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, crazy Eddie type of stuff. So he made 1100 of them and he was saying, and this movie is actually, uh, he said it was in YouTube, but, uh, are we, did, in uh are we in New Orleans? No, this is all Texas, my friend. Okay. This is okay. the ruthless, the lawless streets of Texas. See, you can't even get into your car without getting assaulted. Gotcha. Wow. In Texas. Yeah, that's a real shame. The, the lights on the side no, of the car, that's different. Well, this is, they built this town. So, and then they got a bunch of stuntmen getting thrown out of the windows. So this is, this is, they spent most of their money on this set. So we're watching a set. We're not watching, I guess it's no, a controlled a, environment and that's the argument to make a set. But oftentimes I've thought to myself, if the set looks like what's outside your window of the set, why don't you just go outside and save a bunch of cash? Well, you could tell, as I said, like the outside, like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. people get smashed through windows, but you'll see throughout this movie, well, when Trax cleans up the streets, you'll see the old couples stick their heads out the window and nodding approvingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't get that on a regular street because right. it must be sometimes windows don't open. But these stunts are nuts. Like, the great joy about this movie is that it is a comedy and it's the most violent comedy I've seen. Now, did Rambo you know, just, and other films like that had come out already, and that was this was the parody of those. It was of the genre of those, like they would fit under this. I guess he's more of a his background is that he's a Rambo, right? Okay. He was in Nicaragua, but this is he's more of a cop. This guy is Sean Hancock, the police chief, and uh, Carl. He was on streets of San Francisco. He was in uh -huh. Roots: The Next Generation. Uh, he was in a, a TV movie called The Girl Who Stopped the World. He played Goldtooth. And then they made a TV series called Stop Susan Williams based on it, where he played Goldtooth. But you know him as first family as President uh, Calandra. And the guy died at 51, 1992. I see, I see his face and I know his face. What was the one I would know him from, the sitcom? Uh, first family, the, the movie. Oh, oh, First Family. Is he the way? That's He's the one with Bob Newhart? Yeah, yeah. And Gilda Radner. Yeah, good for yeah. him. Yeah, he, he was in Airplane 2, and then, of course, he was in Duke's Hulk and Greatest American Hero, and he passed away in 92. You know, that film was great because Gilda Radner in, was in it, and Gilda Radner was the most funniest person in the whole world because she died. Yeah, and you know, her movies aren't that many, right? I mean, she's Haunted Honeymoon and... Uh, the thing is, did... Gilda Radner was a very, very funny person. She was really great on Saturday Night Live. But because she died, she was the greatest comedian of all time, you know. She gets a lot of see, street cred. Did you ever see her live movie, Gilda Live? Maybe so long ago. Yeah. Terrific it was, stuff. So this... This guy who's smiling, his he's his character's name is Dieter. Dieter's going to become uh, pals with uh, Trax, and oh, he's going to help Trax. Oh, did he just miss some body count? Well, we're done with the body count. I, oh, I can't, we are. I'm, I stopped at five. What 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 are we up? To? Dieter doesn't die. I know his face too. Dieter's going to He's going to lose some blood later, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Look how good is the shooting? Now, one of the things Shadow was mentioning. So, by the time it got to HBO. They didn't hire an orchestra. They just had a guy add the music for like $1,500. And the music is terrible. Another post-production thing they did was they never added sounds of the, of the uh, guns. 
So what you hear mostly when the guns go off are the uh, starter pistols or whatever they have on uh -huh. set. So you don't hear pa-ching, you hear like, right. yeah. I mean, there's some sound effects added to it. I don't know, have you ever seen CD4? for the music, that is just, that is a coup. I mean, that yeah, is a budget to write home about. <laughs> of course, you get what you pay for. Yeah, well, you know, this movie, I first saw this movie because I was at the Tower Records outlet store. Remember how the outlet yeah. store was like twice as big as a regular store That's and it was right. in every city? It would have every recorded record we thought until the internet came along. If you right. want to find it, that's where you'll find it. So usually like a town in New York or let's say San Francisco, there would be Tower Records. So there would be the one in the Fisherman's Wharf and there'd be one, I think the Fisherman's Wharf was a big one. I think there was another one, but then they would have like a classical annex and then they would have the outlet. And I know, I know the store that was the outlet where I found my video Psychopia tracks uh -huh. is now a piano store or let's i don't know pre-pandemic was it became a pandemic uh piano store but yeah you, know, you would search through know. these tables they just have card tables and they would put all these video cassettes on it and you would dig and you would find something like tracks and you'd be like oh my god so i don't know if it ever played on hbo i'm sure it did because they own it but i know it from the video now who is that theater yeah that's theater okay and what was he in because i know his face well, he was in CB4. He played Trustus. I don't know. Oh, that's the uh, Chris Rock bomb. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed but that one kind of. You know, I enjoyed uh, Eddie Murphy's brother in that, but not until I knew he was Eddie Murphy's brother. Then I liked him. Huh. No, he was. I remember him uh, in that movie, and I thought it was really, really funny in that movie. Uh, yeah, but yeah, when he was on Chappelle's show, we were like, wow. Uh, the real world stuff was pretty funny. Yeah. He, so the guy's name was Pug, William Pug, uh, and he, he was in my favorite uh, Twilight Zone episode from the 80s, Wordplay, where uh, this guy can't, the words start changing on this guy. So when people talk to him, they're like, refrigerator. He's like, what? Good refrigerator. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, it was a really good one. He was in RoboCop, too. Uh, he was in RoboCop around. also? No, RoboCop, oh. the sequel. These are some pretty good choreographed, uh, I know him, I know him. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Now, so, what's he, going on? He's back in Texas in his hometown, and I don't follow, like, why are we in a brothel kicking ass? He's cleaning up the town. Look, look the brothel takes major credit cards. He's going into <laughs> town by town, and he's like, ladies, leave. Guys, I'm going to shoot. Oh, he shoots the toilet. Look at that, man. That's a good brothel because you can take a leak in between sex, right? Yeah, why would they have a toilet like it was a prison cell? Weird. And there's no water in it. It's See, like that... a big toilet. If you shoot a toilet, <laughs> yeah, just kick the door open and it closed on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Get, get happened... out. Okay, okay. Bitches out. Remember that Robocop? Yeah, he's in just Robocop? shooting. Robocop said bitches? Yeah, remember he uh, he walks in and there's these two ladies having doing coke with the guy and he goes, bitches out. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that and look uh, at this. Look at this. It's daycare. <laughs> what a nice guy. Now, this is pretty much the gist, right? He's that shooting people funny. in the hallway. He smiles at the kids and the kids knowingly smile back. They know he's cleaning up the town. Like, we it's, continued our death. We've got to be up to 25. He's got a gun to it, kid. This is not the first time this is going to happen. He looks like the third, close encounter of the third kinds kid, but, um, you know, that guy grew up. Yeah, I don't think he was that in, in 10 years later. Cow! Hit the belt buckle. Doesn't hit the kid. Out the window. Look at that. It's going to give him a like, nod of approval. He, he, he has these clever white guy things, he says. Like, you know, he wasn't coked up by this point. He did admit, Shadow admit that uh, people know Shadow Stevens because he was the, he's an announcer. He did Craig Ferguson's show for years, but he's done the new Hollywood Squares and Hollywood Squares for, for you know, uh, uh, 88 to 2004, mm -hmm. those two shows ran. And he didn't, he wanted to be an actor and he got Hollywood, new Hollywood Squares around the time he was shooting this. 
And he said, no, I'm an actor. And they said, well, whatever. Do you want, you want a square? You can show up once a week and talk about your acting gigs. He said, yeah, okay. So he started doing that. And then they so said, look, he got his own square, you. even though he was the announcer of? Yeah, well, you know, I do remember he would announce from the square at one point. They, really? he, became, he became a square. <laughs> and then they said, listen, we need you as an announcer. This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. So he said, okay, uh, I'll be the announcer. Yeah. I remember some episodes where they would, uh, he, he kind of posted, <laughs> he announced from the square. But he's done over 600 episodes of, of uh, Hollywood Square. So he's, you know, he's known for that. He was on K-Rock, you know, when it was an AM station and turned to FM. Oh. He's, he's, he's kind of known for, you know, voices and stuff like that. Well, that's he's, a very familiar name, Shadow Stevens. And I hope he never listens to this and gets insulted that I don't know who he is. But I oh, did yeah, know you're... his face and I've heard Shadow Stevens before, so. You would know his voice. He was saying, like, when he was doing these commercials, he got uh, a really bad drug habit. Uh-huh. He gained 50 pounds. He was on cocaine and meth and just eating hamburgers. <laughs> this and, uh, funny looking stuff. Yeah, oh, so there's Robert Davi. You don't recognize this guy? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm trying to think of the film. He's always the bad guy, the thug, the... Uh... Yeah. Well, he has that line in the Showgirls where he goes, must be nice not having guys coming on you. Oh, okay. He was okay. So that's who you were talking about. But I do yeah. know his face from other things. I don't know what. Oh, he's usually on like uh, Law and Orders and shit like that. Gotcha. There he is. Look at him. I think he's like a conservative uh, celebrity. Where if you check his Twitter page, you're like, what? I thought only liberals live in Hollywood. <laughs> so he looks younger here, but he never really looked. He's sort of ageless. Uh, when you see him today, he. I think it's like his face, like, you know, when he gets older, it looks more pinched. And now he's kind of useful and a little doughy on his face. Conservative in Hollywood. Now, this is crazy. Like, this is exploding not because of gunfire, but it's the squibs that special effects. Uh huh. You know, so they're blowing up for some whatever reason, but it's not because they're. Uh, being shot, but they're using the same special effects. Where did we see Sky Ioni? Uh, and this oh. was it that one this guy. They were living on uh, boats in Petaluma or something like that. Salsalino. No, that was the one where the uh, flea came as a as an alien. Oh, oh yeah, right. The guy from Terminator. That's why I was confusing him with this guy. Gotcha. Well, he hung up so hard that the screen, that the Charlie's Angels speaker cracked. Yeah, broke. That's the reason why I was exploding. He was yelling so much about what tra the damage Trax has been doing. Oh, no. This Trax has got to be stopped. Is this the big bad guy who's going to stop Trax? Who's going to try? But Davi has these henchmen, which just kind of ruin the movie. Oh. They're like, well, not really. So you see the put-upon accountant he's talking to? Yeah, he's gonna have kid. to. He's going to have to bring desperados to town and they're going to be in a limo. And these desperados are like tormenting the guy and he's just kind of snivels. This okay. guy has better hair than Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at him doing it. Yeah, Dobby's crazy. Mike, I have to commend you. This is a pretty cool uh, parody here. This is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's just so joyful and just so like delirious. He's Bugs Bunny from Frame Man. So do you recognize this one? Yeah. Wow. Pamela Barnes. Uh-huh. Pamela from Barnes. Dallas. Not from Dallas. Yeah. I think she was in uh, Dynasty or something like that. Well, Pamela Barnes was really a woman on the character name on Dynasty. The Barnes family was against the Ewing. Oh. Yeah, and Pat, that Pamela married a Ewing, and they were pissed. She's like, we loved you at Dynasty. That's just the character's name. <laughs> she, well, her and Suzanne Summers kind of have a weird history. Oh, uh, she's Su from Three's Company. Yeah, so she gotcha. replaced she replaced Suzanne Summers to much degree. And then, years later, Pamela Barnes was in the pilot for She's the Sheriff, and they decided to go with Suzanne Summers instead. Ah, that's justice, probably Suzanne thinks. But she yeah, was I guess. the third one. She was the third choice. She wasn't the second Chrissy. 
He was the third. Really? There was a Chrissy in the middle. I didn't know that. Was it uh, one of the Manson women? <laughs> like Tweety? I just squeaky? see your face in my mind's eye. I don't know. <laughs> now, what's going on? I Mike, usually I'm, I'm telling you the plot as we go. Well, the plot is simple. See, this, this is she's like a councilman or something like that, and she really wants the town clean up. And she likes this tracks guy who's uh, cleaning uh -huh. up the town. And he here's here's his hangout. Not only does he he lives in the woods on the outskirts of Texas, but he bakes cookies. That's perfect. And I, I think she broke the fourth wall and looked straight at the camera. Well, you know the way people act. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this movie. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I do think the main actors do a great job. Like uh, Dieter here, uh, when he poke, he holds this film together, you know, like uh, he Was just he plays along with it. 1980s old school rap break dancing or something? Because I know his face from that kind of movie. I didn't, you know, I, I actually looked through his history because um, I had seen him in Trust This. You know, I, I knew him from CB4. Like, it, it, that's a big mm -hmm. role. He was in Color Purple, Amazon Women on the Moon, Robocop 2. Color Hills Purple. Got okay, okay. The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. The, the <coughs> Boring. Oh, and then the Carl, he was on Hill Street Blues and TJ Hooker. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. His last movie was called The, the Bottoms. D-A and then Bottoms with a Z. It was a TV movie. The Hill Street Blues Have Eyes? He was in that. Part two. Look at he's got is this the wooden spoon and fork in his in his utility belt. <laughs> With his gun. He's a. Uh, the cookies are like cat food cookies and and uh, there's there's one with tuna fish and there's one with like he calls them doggy drops and they they look like shit like little squirrels. But why is he making them? He doesn't own a pet. He's just, he's just very passionate. See, they'll taste it, give a look, and they'll say, what is it? And they'll say, like, sewer water. It's very important in the cookie part. Mm -hmm. He wants to be, like, famous Amos. He wants to be the new famous Amos. He can spit it out behind his back. Not very good cookies. He's no pussy, so he'll never be a cookie puss. Here's my manager. Uh, let me talk to Cookie Puss. Never tell you something. Still kicking butt. That's the headline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was no internet back then, so you had to buy the newspaper. Yeah, they still had clickbait. It was more like buy the paper bait. I would, you know, remember like you would be carrying your your groceries in one hand, and you see the newspaper vending machine, and so you kind of wrap your hand or your shoulder around the bag, and yes, right. We've all been there. He's like, where's my cook I, uh, cookie ingredients? So yeah, this is like a slow point right now. They haven't shot anybody up. He, Shadow Stevens also, he made some, I read about him in Spin Magazine. How about that? Oh, Back Spin, I remember Spin. We used to, I used to buy that every now and again. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a website but, to browse to, so Spin would, right? Well, Spin's still around as a, as a website. They, Bad guys. But it was a, it was like he had a full page photo of it was him and his hair, and he had made a TV show called Shadow Vision. Uh huh. And, uh, How did like, I miss this guy? He's got a long career, and I was alive for at this time. Oh, I'm telling you, like this movie is great, you know, and he kind of regrets it, uh, but he 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 appreciates it. But he uh, he has a long career. Yeah. But you it sounds Lars? like it's real ups and downs. I mean, you know, like being the star of a movie is an up, but being an announcer on a game show, that's, that's pretty a up. down if you used to be in a movie, you know. Well, this is the movie he was in, and it didn't go anywhere. So in the oh, meanwhile, he this just... was the one shot he you, had at making a movie. You, or... you know, like Dave's World. Do you remember Dave's World? It was Harry Anderson playing the, the columnist Dave Barry. I don't. I, I, I know that name. Mm -hmm. His neighbor was Shadow Stevens. So there was like 87 episodes where he uh -huh. actually was an actor. And he, he was a sitcom guy. Gotcha. So this guy was always on the periphery of 
uh, entertainment. He was always in it, yeah. but never the... Uh, no, I think he's he's royalty. I mean, he was a radio uh -huh. guy. He the, the Fred rated commercials made him like a Vern. Uh, was uh, that where was that located? Because Federated bought Macy. Federated ended up being like a big chain owner of department stores. But what? But Federated was local at that point, and with like a crazy Eddie's, like a it was. Consumer. Yeah, so it was West Coast. It was Arizona, uh -huh. it was New Mexico. It was parts of Texas and California. Okay, this and, is why uh, I missed that. They called it bludgeoning advertisement. Uh, it was 1,100 uh, commercials, and he would do like five five a week, and they would change every 10 days. And he was kind of he would always refer to like Bassomatic, the Dan fast talking Dan Aykroyd guy. And uh, oh yeah, he got a two page. He got an article in Time Magazine for the advertisement, a two page spread. He said mm -hmm. the documentary is called "Laugh Now, Think Later." Uh, in the 2013 interview, he said it was on YouTube. I'm sure at this point, it's if it's not on YouTube, it has to be on Amazon Prime or one of the free streaming services. Okay, but check it out. Laugh now, think later, and it's basically a collection of the commercials as well as the documentary of, of making them. So maybe I really see. respect that he was like, we're not showing the same one twice. That's really great. Yeah. Well, you know, people had TV and they would watch TV and you would always talk about the commercials. And if the commercials were new, then that became your new kind of feat, you know. It's kind of like an art form, uh, you know, it's supposed to just be selling stuff. But if you're doing a new one each time, what's he going to do next? It's kind of yeah, like right. a show. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, like, you know, with us East Coast kids, we're like, what's Phil Rizzuto going to say about the money store now? Yeah, that's right. Now, that's relatable. Nobody would know the money yeah. store out, out in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no one knows Phil Rizzuto for the money store. Back in the Phil day, for the money in... store. By the way, what's he yeah. doing right now? Was he saying, that's it, we got to clean up this, we got to get rid of this guy because he's... Cleaning up our street. Yeah, but these these desperados are the worst, and they're they're tormenting. Look at them; he's just out in the middle of the day. All this you know, weaponry. Mike, back in the day, I I did go to the money store, and um, I bought two tens and a five. Uh -huh. I bought two tens and a five, and the bill came to like twenty five bucks. I was like, "Where's my big savings?" <sighs> Yeah, they don't make it. How do they make a profit? Is it true when you went to the money store, it was just a storefront? Yeah, it was just like a storefront. Commercial? Right. And inside, you know, they had all the money. Yeah, I was like, I'll try it, you know. And I was like, let me get uh, two tens and a five. Did you see that guy run into a phone booth? Yeah, and it mush he smashed it. He didn't turn into it. Is that all a set? Yeah, he's wow. just cleaning up this town by shooting everybody in it. That's a bit of a waste of money, right? Yeah. Well, they didn't have any budget for anything else. Ow! No, we ran right over movie. that dude. Yeah, but only once. You got to run over him twice. This movie. This movie, you have to run over him twice. <laughs> it's like and that was the witch. That was the wicked witch of the east. Man, the wicked, uh, wicked witch of the west is gonna be so pissed off. Do any of the cops recognize Shadow from before he got let go from the force? Is he seeing any old cop buddies there and they're like, why are you going rogue? And This is a different Texas town. Oh, 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 okay. You see, he got kicked off the force for excessive force at a pet shop robbery. Right. Which they had guns. To be fair, the culprits at the pet store robbery brought guns. Yeah, you could be person. fair, but one of them surrendered, and he still got shot. And they, they destroyed the aquarium behind them. And I'm sure some yuppies were injured. Go to, does the yuppie die? <laughs> uh, it's giving me a content warning. All right, I'm going to click here. It does not look like Texas to me, buddy. Right this no, moment. Texas is a big state. Yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Texas, I mean, Houston looks different than Dallas, looks different than San Antonio, looks different than Austin. You're right. Now this, now, this is where I don't like what the director's doing. I've always felt like comedy, you need to have wide shots. And a lot of, like, tight shots, I feel like the comedy gets lost. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. 
there's no oxygen in it. It's just them. But basically, he's for, they're tormenting this guy and they're forcing him to sing. And I think they, they shoot him again at, at one point. Or they do something horrifying to him. 